0: Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Gerard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air global radio network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegerard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now... Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to the Killer Women podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air global network with over four million listeners. I am your host today, Danielle Gerard, a suspense author, and my guest is Sarah Bonger. Sarah lives in Sussex with her husband and very spoiled rescue dog. She's worked in finance and project management for the last 15 years, but the pandemic gave her the opportunity to revisit her teenage dream of writing. Her Perfect Twin is her debut novel and she's brimming with ideas for more twisty psychological thrillers. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you very much for having me today. Thank you for coming. And actually, I noticed over your shoulder there, we were talking about a moment ago, the cover, the UK cover. Show us that gorgeous thing.
1: So this is the UK paperback.
0: I love it. That's gorgeous. So tell our listeners a little bit about Her Perfect Twin.
1: So Her Perfect Twin tells the story of Megan, who discovers that her identical twin sister, Leah, is having an affair with her husband. So she goes to confront her sister. They have an argument and it ends in murder. So now Megan has a dead body and she starts to wonder how might she get away with this. And the way she comes up with is basically to pretend to be both herself and her sister and live both their lives. Because if no one realizes that Leah's dead, she can never be accused of her murder. And things aren't going too badly until (laughs) lockdown hits and she is locked down at home with her husband. And it turns out he knows a little bit more than she thought he did about what she's been up to.
0: So, okay, so tell us the inspiration for this story.
1: So it actually started out as a short story Mm -hmm. um, that was much more of a love story. And it was about a woman who was trying to decide if she should go on a second date with this guy, but he thought that she was her identical twin. And I I wrote this and I was looking for something to kind of make it stand out, like kind of the sting in the tail. And uh, a little voice in the back of my head went, well, maybe she killed her twin and that's why she's pretending to be her. And I just thought, well that doesn't feel like a short story that feels like a whole novel right there um and then a friend of mine uh during the very first lockdown so for for us in in March of 2020 we had been having a conversation about how horrible it would be to be trying to live a double life during lockdown um and I just thought Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. That's that's the twist, or like the sting in the tail. Not that she's going to try and pretend to be her sister, but that there's going to be this huge um, kind of an obstacle that's put in her way. Um, and how can she possibly navigate that? Mm-hmm.
0: I can totally, having finished the book, which everyone else will have to go ahead and do that before they. But I can see exactly those little pieces in the story. So this is your debut novel. Congratulations, that's super exciting. Um, tell us about the process. You know, what, is it was this the first full-length novel you've ever written?
1: Um, No, I think like most authors, I have the novel that sits in a drawer somewhere. Right. That's the, I suppose, the kind of training novel. Yeah, ah. The one that um, I realized, because you know, when you first sit down to, to try and write a story, I had no idea where to even start and so yeah for a few years I I worked on an entirely different story in a different genre as well that was more uh kind of feminist dystopia quite dark but in a different way to thrillers um and then lockdown hit and I suppose I didn't want to continue writing something that was that depressing given you know, the environment that we were in. Uh, So I started writing a lot more short stories and doing a lot more reading and reading for pleasure in a way that I hadn't been able to do prior to that with work and everything else going on. Um, And I'd taken redundancy. So I had quite a lot of time as well. Right. Um, And then came up with the idea for Her Perfect Twin, thought, it sounds kind of fun to write something I mean you know, it is it is dark it's about someone who commits a murder but it, it has a little bit of black humor in there it's and it's you know it's fast moving it's it's a fun book
0: yes um
1: yep. and so yeah I, I basically sat down that was the September of that first year so yeah um we were in a weird position here in the UK where We were seeing case numbers rising again. And we were talking, there was a lot of talk about um, kind of localized lockdown. And so different cities were having restrictions, but it was all a complete mess and no one knew what was happening. And that was everywhere
0: a bit, right? I mean, you're not alone in that, okay.
1: But I think, I think particularly in the UK, it was so weird because you'd have, um, so I live on the, the corner of East Sussex, West Sussex, Surrey, and Kent. And every county had a different rule. So I could literally walk kind of, you know, five minutes down the road from my house and they'd have a different set of restrictions. It was, yeah, it was all crazy. Right. Um, but writing this just, I suppose, just took me away from that. Um, and yeah, I wrote it really fast. And, and please, no one hate me. Um, it took me 14 weeks from start oh my gosh. Oh my to gosh. subbing it to agents but I didn't have a job don't have kids and I mean there was nothing to do like nothing was open there was no socializing there was nothing you don't
0: have to excuse your success (laughs) we're very happy for you it's I mean you that is of course a rarity and even having just one book sort of in a drawer is also a rarity I have three books that were you know sort of buried in the backyard as what I always say before my first book came out. So I feel like, you know, that is all really fabulous. So then, okay, so you found an agent. So this is your first agent Mm -hmm. and she took it to, who is your UK publisher?
1: Uh, As my UK publisher is Hodder Studio. So they're part of Hodder and Stoughton. Okay. So, yeah, so, and then, so to them, and we did a a kind of deal with them that included the US publication, which is Grand Central. So it's all kind of within the Hachette company. Um, but' obviously different branches in different countries
0: yes well that I mean that is huge so congratulations I like the idea I want to go back for a second to your feminine dystopia because there are some really and I I have a tendency to like tab little lines that I think are super <laughs> funny um so I, I notice and I, and I appreciate and since we're killer women we can talk about all of the sort of little there's all these little feminist zingers where um, <laughs> for instance when she her um, it's like Megan's husband is a bit of a, and then this, you know, he's, she says, of a douche. That's not quite a dick, an idiot, controlling misogynist. I laugh with him, but I run each moniker against an image of my husband, his insistence that he have access to my online banking because women can be shit with money. It's that kind of stuff that, you know, <laughs> yeah. you recognize in the world, of course. And I just thought that was so. Um, and who that speaker is, you have to read the book to learn, which is also a super um, fun and interesting little tidbit that I will i am not going to spoil. So, um, what's so funny about this book and so interesting is that most thrillers we read, we're looking for who is the killer, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. sort of, uh, you know, point of the book is like who the sort of who done it um, or the how done it, um, and we get this like right at the front of the book. And, um, and here's this woman who has murdered her, her in you know her her sister. And so it's so and yet there's a, there's a sort of um, I don't want to say a levity because I wouldn't exactly say that, but there's this sense that this that you know it all makes a lot of sense that she's done this. Um, and I don't want to say too much more about that because there's so many sort of like the sort of who uh, the what of, um, of the book so was it a challenge well it doesn't sound like it was 14 weeks it was um did you ever have a moment where you're like well once we know who did it you know I I think
1: um so at the beginning I didn't even think about the fact that I was basically trying to write a book where you you didn't just know who did it you saw her do it it's in it happens in chapter two so people always say like is it a spoiler that she kills her sister I was like no no it's like literally um, right, right at the beginning yes. um, and and yeah so there's there's no ambiguity that and you know why so right. you you kind of you hear her uh, so she doesn't really mean to do it but it's not like she hasn't threatened to kill her before Um and and it was only I think I was about 30,000 words in where I was walking the dog and I suddenly just had this thought of Oh so I'm writing a book that basically it's it's not a how done it or why done it or who done it it's a can she get away with it yes and that was the i suppose that was the moment that i realized that i was basically asking the the reader to kind of root for the killer right um and i think i think i'm glad i had that realization quite far into writing i think if i'd had that right from the beginning i probably would have um, shied away from it a little bit more, and it wouldn't have felt quite so exciting because you know um, new books are, are always great when you start sitting down and writing. I think that would have terrified me, um, but I I basically just yeah I, I remember getting home and I went through my whole bookcase and I looked for all of the books where you root for someone who is the killer. So things like my sister, the serial killer. The Dexter books, uh, My Lovely Wife by Samantha Danning, those those kind of novels, and went, okay, yeah, you can do this. It's fine. It's fine. Um, right. and and then just, and then I then just kind of lent into it and just just went with it and then you know, if that's if that's what the book is going to be,
0: it's fine, right. And and there is a sort of and I you know without I, I'm not without spoiling anything, there is a sort of, there's a shift of point of view. There's a lot of, there's, which I think really, so you just, when you think like, where are we going? You get this sort of whole new twist, like twist really about mm-hmm. sort of what is actually happening, you know, inside this this relationship, this book, this, you know, these, what's happening with these people. And as you said, you know, early on, that the husband knows more about this than, it, than he lets on. So are you, did you, sort of, are you a pantser? Or were you just like, how'd you do that? So I'm a bit, I'm a bit of both.
1: Yeah. I think So I tend to start, I tend to start with an idea and then um, I think it's called the snowflake method where you kind of expand it and expand it and expand it um, until you've got essentially a, a kind of overview of, or an outline of, of the plot, but, but not at a scene level more around, you know, these are the, I suppose the beats in the story. And once I've got that, I then just tend to start writing and I guess kind of get to know my characters as I'm writing and then give them a bit of freedom to go and do something a little bit off-piste, or maybe they turn out to not be quite the person that you thought they were. Um, and yeah, and then I suppose I just kind of find my way until I hit, and then I, you know, you get to a bit of a point where you go okay yeah I'm not sure this makes sense anymore and then I'll go back and plot it and get the post-it notes out and in um in our bedroom um I have this huge blank wall that I cover and this stuff called magic whiteboard that basically converts the whole wall into a big whiteboard
0: um
1: that post-its stick to and you can draw on it and
0: I'm sure my husband hates it because basically (laughs) Sorry, honey, I, I'm try, sorry to turn the light on in the middle of the night, but I had an idea and I have to write it down.
1: Yeah, well, the worst thing then is when you end up with like weird plot points. So at one point, um, not with her perfect turn, but with a different novel, I just had a, how can she kill her husband and make it look like an accident just written in huge letters on this wall. And he walked into the bedroom one night and he's like, do I need to worry? Is like,
0: right? Nice? It's plot, I'm plotting, it's fine. Yes, I, I think these, and did you, did you know you wanted to be a writer when you got married? Uh, no, no, this
1: is kind of a bit new. Like I'd been looking, so I was in finance, which is obviously one of the least creative jobs you can do or is encouraged to be. That's 10 years of finance
0: right here. So I get. Right. It. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and maybe there's something in there then that, because um, yeah. I know a few people, finance people who become writers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was definitely looking for something that would give me that kind of creativity and that, I suppose, that just ability to go and just create something entirely new um just from my imagination and uh and yeah writing I guess just was that and that yeah that was probably a year or so after we got married so he he married an accountant but he's
0: got a thriller writer that's it's and that's my husband too he married actually I was applying to med school so he's been and he's he's married like we've been married almost 30 years, but he's been married to a lot of different people. And I think it was a shock. He was like, I kind of thought you were gonna be like a, a doctor. <laughs> like, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, well, I love, so I do think there's something about finance. Do you use Excel? I always feel mm-hmm. like, this, isn't that funny? Like I I love the, you know, your point of view and the sort of snippet of, and I use that all the time. So, but actually yeah. I hadn't, I've not heard of the snowflake method. And I feel like I've talked to, you know, so I want to hear more about that. Like. Yeah. So it starts with literally a
1: kind of like an idea or a pitch line or essentially the hook of the book. Mm -hmm. And you start with that and then you build it out. Um, So you start with one sentence and then you build that into a paragraph and then you build into a page. And I found that really, really helpful because I knew that it was a story about a woman who kills her sister. Right. I knew that bit, but I didn't know any of the rest of it. And it was really, really helpful to kind of bring that story out of that single scenario. But right. keeping, I suppose, keeping that hook right at the center of what I was writing all
0: the time. So interesting. Yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense that you, you sort of grow it organically, right? In in yeah. every direction and then, and then morph it into... Uh, so once you de- finish your draft um do you have did you have a beta reader do you have somebody who read it or you basically just submitted it
1: well I I probably did something that um is a bit of an odd thing to do so I um I'd taken redundancy from uh, my company and we were a kind of team of predominantly project managers but mainly with a kind of finance bent to it and we'd always been quite a close knit team, and so we kept having these weekly—oh, sorry, not weekly, monthly Zoom meetings through yeah. lockdown as a kind of, you know, just general support. And right. we'd all just go on and have a few drinks and catch up. Um, and everyone else in my team who'd gone their separate ways, they'd all found new jobs. And um, it kind of got got to the end, and everyone looked at me and went, "And so Sarah, what are you doing?" Yes. And I was like, "I wrote a book." And I don't, like, I'd not really talked that much about writing no. um, beforehand. And they all went, well, send it over. And I thought, okay. And, um, and particularly my previous boss, we'd worked together for six years. She knew me really, really well. She'd previously been, you know, the one giving me feedback on performance anyway. So I knew she'd be honest yes. about what she thought. And I also knew that if she thought it was terrible, she would say to me, Sarah, go and get a proper job
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and she she didn't she wrote back to me copy and I said she said I've read it I love it keep going tell us how we can support um and so yeah about about 10 of them read it um came back with you know everything from this character's name changes part way through to oh, right right um yeah, to I have no idea what's happening in this chapter um so I used all of the feedback and they're not they're not writers um right. then you know they are readers but they're, they're not writers but actually that just having knowing that that feedback was brutally honest right. was really really helpful right. um and yeah so I made some changes and then at that point I then started to submit
0: it that's amazing so are they, are they on the hook like you're like okay guys my next book's coming um you know
1: uh a few of them are yes and I do run ideas past a couple of them as a because they're they great at logic checking as yeah. well because they kind of have right. those mindsets as well right um of a could this you know logically a to b to c to d actually happen right they're really useful for that as well
0: right that's right it's 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 super I mean that's it, you need to have a, a community and it's great that you found it and actually there's something is. Really fresh about it—a perspective that doesn't come from writers, too, right? Yeah. We get we get sort of sucked into other um, stuff about because we know so much about the market that it's like I don't know if this if you can pull this off or if this is going to sell or versus somebody who's just like this is a good story, yeah. you know, and that is at the very sort of heart of it. That's what really matters, right? Um, yeah. That is that is
1: it is super helpful to have that perspective. And then I have a, a writing group now as well who are much more um, on who are much more helpful in terms of I suppose the mechanics and the kind yes. of narrative structure and do you realize you've changed tense at this point point? and those kind of things that I think non-writers don't realize right um so that's super helpful and obviously always great to have other people who are involved in the industry who understand the ins and outs but just for that initial like is this the kind of book you'd want to read right
0: it's that was great cool. to have
1: an external perspective
0: so I feel like I have to ask if you have a sister and if we should be worried about her.
1: I do not. Have don't a sister. choke on your tea. <laughs> so the the running joke in the family has become: I don't have a twin anymore um, but that sounds really really uh macabre. so it's um dark. so no i i don't have a twin i've never been a twin i have an older brother so but he's safe because there's i definitely couldn't pull off
0: chances. that's right you cannot be him i love i mean i and there's something so clever about um this twin you know this about megan that she's like you know when when she decides to go to vegas which there's a whole nother sort of fabulous um you know you gotta read it to, to understand where that's coming from. I love that she's like, you know, well, even if they use, you know, retinal scans and fingerprint things that, you know, they will of course assume that the, the error is on their end, you know, rather than it being yeah. that, you know, they think I'm a killer posing as my twin, my identical twin sister. And you you know, you say Occam's razor in action. I thought that was so great because it's it's so true, right? I mean, and there are there's all this extra layers of security, but Really, like it also messes up. It's also wrong sometimes. And so, when you're faced as a person at TSA or wherever you'd be faced with somebody who looks like her identification, but something's not working, you just assume it was your machine. Hmm. So, there's really very few people that can, um, you know, can pull that off. So, I also love the fact that you have the um, the parents mark the twins, you know, and then when they're born, which I have actually heard of, of parents who have done that right? They have to, so what
1: they Yeah. Do, yeah. Like, no, that, I mean, that that Barbara. came from a real article, I think that I, I read of um, this, this dad who did just tattooed his, his babies because he didn't know which one was which. And then the mom was like, um, nail varnish maybe, or, you right. know, something less permanent. Um, although someone has subsequently said to me that you would never put nail varnish on a baby. Oh, Fair. I didn't know
0: that. So, But I think, yeah, but I mean, but Sharpie marker doesn't seem like that super safe either, but, you know, but I guess yeah. if it's just a matter of like one dot, two dots, you know, and there's a little bit of, um, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of things that work in her favor. And I love the way that it's sort of all, um, anyway, I'm not going to, we're not going to, we cannot talk about all the great stuff because, um, you know, people have to read it. So um That's so clever. Okay, so so this book came out, is it just coming out here or is it just coming out everywhere?
1: So it was out in the UK in January.
0: Okay. Uh, So it's
1: been out here for about eight months. And then, yeah, in the US, uh, two weeks. Yeah, Two weeks today
0: it's out. So So exciting. And we're going to actually bring um, this, we're going to go air on that day. So today is the day that her perfect twin... (laughs) when you're listening to this, is available in, in the United States. Um, and I do love this cover. And if you go to my um, Instagram or Facebook, you'll see that I did my own book face, which I think is so fun. I love a um, a book with a cover. And she's much younger than I am, but I, I did my best to sort of pull.
1: <laughs> you, are, like... you are also the the first person to do it as well. on Central Oh, I Asia. am?
0: Yes, Woo! you are. I'm winning. But... I'm winning something. I love it. Okay, so tell us now that that's been out. So what is next? What what do you've got? What are you working on?
1: So the second book, which is called Her Sweet Revenge, uh, I've just sent it to copy edits literally last week. So um, that is pretty much done. And that will be out in the UK in April next year. And then I'm assuming in the U.S., I don't have a confirmed date, but it will be kind of similar to this time next year.
0: Okay, so they're trying to, I like when they try to bring them out a little closer, um, you know, so that we don't feel like, wait, why are we, you know, why did (laughs) we get it in January? So, you know, that's so rude, but um, it makes total sense. I love the way you say, literally, I kind of want (laughs) to like, I almost want it to be my my ringtone because it's so, the British accent is so fun. And I'm so sorry about the queen. Yeah, yeah, very sad news. I mean, she was ninety six. Um yeah. <laughs> So it's you know I think and I like that she's with Philip again, but um, how does it feel over there? Like that's a, such a different. We have none of that, so we don't understand.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's 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 odd because I mean, it's never you know it's never happened in in pretty much anyone's lifetime. Right. To be fair, now, um, so. And, and obviously, never on a scale with this much visibility and coverage, um so, yeah, you know you you turn on the t v onto any of our kind sort of domestic channels, and it's just rolling news, but obviously, I mean, you know, there isn't a lot to say right now, right. um and yeah, a lot of things have shut down, and um, Interesting. yeah. It's um it's it's a slightly odd time because it's yeah. it feels a little you know that time between Christmas and New year yeah. where like things aren't quite normal it's a bit like that in a way interesting um, yeah
0: because people are taking the time to sort of they're shutting the country down in honor of the queen the closest would be like when when Princess Di died
1: yeah yeah but I mean that was. 25 at least
0: years yeah ago. right a long long yeah i mean i, I yeah i was a, i
1: mean i was a teenager but that was before we had the internet and um you know before you could go on twitter and it's you know um british twitter is just a very very bizarre mix of um people uh, saying very nice things people saying not so nice things yeah. um yeah it's all um it's all a bit of a
0: it's it was an odd time yes. So, yes a woman who you know 70 years that is just uh, yeah that is it, was, it feels like a very sort of momentous time to be there and you know and what an incredible lady I mean just watching her you know I I can't even imagine what a it's such a, it's a bizarre stru- structure for us, right? Of course, we don't have anything like that, um, but but just the way from everything I saw and, and read, um, the way she handled herself was really fantastic. And, you know, and hopefully Charles will, um, you know, lead on in, in a mm-hmm. in way. Although it's strange to think he's like, he's already 70 something, right? So yeah. it's, so she lived for such a long time and had and had um such a strong presence. So anyway, um, but I do feel like that's a really that's an interesting thing that you guys are going through that we, that we don't have an experience. Not that it has anything to do with she's not killed by her twin sister. So that's good. Yeah. Um, okay, so um her sweet revenge coming 2023. Yeah. And tell um folks where they can find you, what's your website, what are your social media handles? Um, Where's like, what social media do you, I don't know, everyone loves social media at all or, or all of it. Where's the best place for people to sort of find out when things are happening with you?
1: So best place is either Twitter or Instagram. Um, yeah, don't don't try Facebook cause I do not understand how it works. I've just about, <laughs> I've just about managed to get my head around Twitter over the last couple of years and Instagram. Nice. Uh, Instagram has a lot of dog pictures on as well though. So, you know. Yeah. Um, she's a dolphin. yeah yeah
0: nice. we um dog walk by
1: um no okay hopefully. okay because <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she does have a tendency if i'm chatting she'll she'll just kind of come in and sure. muscle muscle in um
0: yes
1: oh yes. yeah no she's 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 downstairs hopefully behaving um hopefully
0: behaving um, hopefully um okay and
1: so on, but, um, on instagram are
0: you what's your tag what's your I
1: am Sarah Bonner 101 on both Instagram and Twitter so yes. yeah. and you have a Same website thing. as well
0: Sarah I do
1: not <laughs> <laughs> yeah only well I keep I keep thinking probably do you need to to get one of those and everyone said to me like oh you know when you've got two books yes yeah okay well, so I'm just uh
0: but well, we can find you at the bookstore um indie bookstores Amazon yeah. everywhere. And this book will be available today. And it is, I really I did read it and like I started, I always do this where I'm like, oh, I'll just read like, you know, a few chapters before bed. So I started at like 9 30. And then at like 11.30, 30, I'm like, you gotta go to bed. So I read it in two days. But had I started it earlier in the day, I would have, I think I would have finished it that first day. It was, and I even told, you know, um, I made the mistake or, you know, or whether it's a mistake, of really like taking, being like, sure, I can fit one more killer woman into my schedule. It's been a little bizarre. Now we're, we're supposed to do one a week. And now sometimes we're doing two a week, which is why yours is coming out on Tuesday. But I'm like, I'll just read, tw- you know, 20 or 30 pages. And if I just can't feel like, you know, I feel like I can't fit it in. I won't fit it in. And then I get and then I'm like, oh, Damn it! It's another one I'm gonna love. I gotta, I gotta fit it in. I gotta talk to Sarah. So um, it is a really fun, fun book, and um, some really sort of you know wickedly fun moments and. Um, And a very satisfying ending. I really appreciate that too, which I think is really impressive, especially since, well, we won't even talk about the, It's your second ever full length book, 14 weeks, all these reasons, but also because I do think like, you know, you started, it was, it was not a, it's not a sort of traditional style suspense or thriller with the fact that we know immediately who did it, how she did it, when she did it, we watched her do it. So, um, so congratulations it's super exciting I look forward to the next one um and I'm I'm really glad you could be here today to talk about it oh well thank you so much for having me on so here's to this Woo! okay this has been um Killer Women with Sarah Bonner and your host Danielle Gerard thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time bye